The felt-padded base of the ivory bishop thumped faintly onto the marble chessboard. Check, said the girl. The face of the old man across the table from her was in shadow. Curtains were drawn across the streetside windows, and the chandelier overhead hung crookedly because of the gas-saving mantle screwed into it, and all she could see under the visor of his black cap was the gleam of his thick spectacles as he peered at the chess pieces. Both of them hated to lose. And mate in two, he said. He sat back, looking owlishly at the girl. She sighed and spread her hands. I believe so, Papa. The old man thoughtfully lifted the ebony king from the board and looked toward the fireplace, as if considering throwing the piece into the coals. Instead, he put it in the pocket of his robe, and when his hand reemerged, it was holding instead thumb-sized black stone statue. Christina raised her eyebrows. Old Gabrielle's answering smile was wry. I carry it around with me now, he said. Very close. Not that it does me any good anymore. Nothing does. He put it down onto the square where the king had stood, and it clicked against the marble. Wanting to head off another melodramatic elaboration along the lines of nothing does, Christina quickly asked, What sort of good did it once do? You said it was Bona Fortuna. She and her sister and two brothers had seen the little statue on a high shelf in their parents' bedroom ever since they could remember, and they had even taken it down and incorporated the stumpy little stone man into their games when they were alone. But this was the first time in her 14 years that she had ever seen it downstairs. It led me to your mother, he said softly, all the way from Italy to England, and I thought it might keep us healthy and prosperous, not destitute and losing my sight. And that one talent which is death to hide lodged with me useless. Christina could see him blinking behind the thick lenses and saw the glint of the tears that were always embarrassingly ready these days, especially when he quoted Milton's sonnet about going blind. She wished she had let him win the chess game. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Ben Blackberg. And I'm your other host, Ben LeBate. And tonight, we're reading Hide Me Among the Graves by Tim Powers, first published in 2012. And our guest tonight is Brayden Lamb. Hello. Hello. Welcome. This is awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. So the, the first question that we always kind of start with is, uh, the general, uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> uh, this pollen. Mm. Yeah, I like, I like that this episode is going to be the one where I slowly die of uh, <laughs> tuberculosis, but, mm. um, uh, our, period our, appropriate. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why I, I take all this laudanum. I don't know why I'm not healthy. Um, but, uh, what is your relationship with uh, Tim Powers? Have you read him before? I have not. Uh, Although, as I think Vin pointed out, he wrote on Stranger Tides, which uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie is loosely based on. Very loosely. Uh, yeah, that's how I uh, found out about him was that uh, one of my coworkers was like, oh, yeah, that's that's based on this book. And I really like this author and the movie doesn't really stick to it very much. Um, oddly enough, one of the later ones sticks to it more closely, but the later ones are extremely bad. <laughs> um, but that's a different show. 
But yeah, so I've read a few of his books now. Hmm. I specifically thought it was uh, on Stranger Tides, uh, his his Blackbeard novel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, that there was an earlier relationship with some of the earlier Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But they would need to add something to a, uh, a ride-based movie. Mm. <laughs> so I've read, I think, you know, I think I've read On Stranger Tides, and I don't remember liking it as much as uh, one of his, you know, so, so his thing, is, as far as I know, is like, he does a lot of like historical fantasy. Yes. And I think, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Declare that I read uh, on the advice of a role-playing game designer uh, and writer, Ken Height. Mm-hmm. Who, who loves his work. Uh, and it's like this really in-depth, it, it's one of those ones where like you read it and, and then like, you know, it, it's about Kim Philby and some evil genie in the desert. Uh, and when you finish it, you kind of have trouble remembering which parts are the fantasy. You know, you're like, oh yes. And of course mm-hmm. that sounds mm. about right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, of, of course, you know, there was this cold war and also there was the search for, you know, this, this arc, uh, and this, you know, this genie that was uh, trapped there. But I don't know anything about Hide Me Among the Graves. Yeah, it's it's another one of his historical adjacent. Uh, like, it's tough to call them historical fiction because they don't like historical fiction usually implies some adherence to historical events uh, as opposed to sort of like fantasy poured in around the, the schedule of historical events. Uh, but it's another one of those uh, that focuses on. Uh, the Rossetti family, uh, Dante, Gabriel, Christina, and their siblings, uh, and also vampires. I guess then the, oh. the <laughs> oh, I, I hope we didn't spoil anything for you, Brayden. Mm. Uh, yeah, the vampires are also historical. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of them is John Polidori, huh. who was part of that click with Mary Shelley and yeah. Lord Byron. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to say the uh, the the poem from the beginning by Christina Rossetti, uh, sister of the famous pre-Raphaelite painter Dante Gabriel Rossetti, mm-hmm. and I guess they're characters in this novel. Yeah, the Christina on this page is Christina Rossetti. Oh, neat. <laughs> um, which I I mean, uh, a roundabout gets us to the next question, which is like th- this being a historical novel and particularly a historical novel around literary figures, do. Do you all have any relationship, uh, pre-existing relationship with these authors? Uh, or, I mean, let me say that uh, authors and artists. So we we include Dante. Well, he, yeah, he's a little bit of both, right? If I'm remembering, uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they. Um, I I don't know if this makes it into the novel, but I I, I would assume it probably does because it's about the two of them. The 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 Christina and Dante Gabriel collaborated kind of on. It's almost a almost like the first comics collaboration where she wrote this poem, The Goblin Market, and uh and Dante Gabriel illustrated it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm familiar a little bit with uh with that poem and and a bit more with her brother, the painter. He's the one who did the very famous painting of Proserpine or uh Persephone with the pomegranate where it's it's like very lush colors and contrasting, you know, contrasting light and dark colors are, are very striking. And, and the, the pose is interesting. Her hands almost kind of wrenched around away from her uh, holding the pomegranate. Um, you've probably seen this this painting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've read some bits of Christina Rossetti's poetry, and I think probably maybe a little bit of Dante somewhere along my travels, but like they've always been like on my list of things I should probably get into and then always uh, forget about when I stop looking at the idea of having a list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but like the poem we get before this page is very interesting. I put it in our notes and I might read it into the record at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not technically considering it the first page, but it does occupy the whole first page of the prologue. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, sorry, this is a, a tangent, but that's what we're here for. And also, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I said it was syphilis, but maybe, 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 no, anyway, I said it was tuberculosis, was, but maybe it's syphilis that's in my brain now. Uh, or maybe mm. it's just that I'm, Oh, it's progressing. <laughs> <laughs> I like, but, um, I actually, uh, I believe, do, do either of you listen to, well, uh, the, the podcast, Ken and Robin talk about stuff. No, no. Uh, so again, they are writers and role-playing game designers, uh, and they talk about random things. And one of the topics, and, and like, they always bring it back to games. So to, you know, be like, oh, Ken, tell us about like, you know, the, the council of Yalta or, you know, uh, and then like, so, you know, we'll get like a little of the history and then like, how could you use this in your, you know, Lovecraft, uh, inspired game or something. But they, mm-hmm. they recently did, uh, a segment on Elizabeth Siddle who was a, a poet, artist, and model uh, for the pre-Raphaelites. Hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of uh, uh, Dante Gabriel Rossetti's paintings, and like the woman in a, in a lot of these paintings looks very similar. And I'm wondering if that's Siddle, who, who I, I think sat for a lot of, uh, a lot of this crew. Uh, yeah, she's Dante's wife. That would explain it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that was a... Yeah, there's, there's, there's these great little like cliques of artists that sort of uh crop up once in a while it's interesting that this seems to be about a couple of different cliques of, mm-hmm. of that sort mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well now that we i mean this is all like uh if you were going into this and you had just you just saw say the cover which is a bird in a hallway uh-huh is that, is that, is that what i'm looking at <laughs> yeah i i I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not entirely taken by this cover. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't say vampires to me. <laughs> uh, it barely says anything supernatural. Mm-hmm. I like if I had to guess, I'd say it was some kind of spooky, grisly Jack the Ripper style mm-hmm. period murder mystery thriller or something. I have to say, the the color blue, at least on on my computer, is a very calming. Like mm. this is not a a terrifying color. Yeah, it's a, a kind of a corporate blue. I'd, I'd say. Yes, that's a good that's a good a good poll. You know, they, this came down in the packet of. Oh, Brayden, you never you have you have you ever done any corporate work like that, like designing anything in in your artistic life? Oh, just a little bit. Uh, my wife Shelley has done a lot more. She does all the all the sort of uh, design for uh, the Massachusetts Independent Comics Expo, all the the type design and and web design and things, and and she's designed a few uh, like hmm. titles for for comics that we've done, like the the Midas one, which is a little bit a little bit Greeky, a little bit sci-fi, mm-hmm. and uh, you know some others. Hmm. 
Yeah, if you look up the various covers on a Google image search, most of them are pretty nonspecific. And I think like part of that is this book being published in 2012, mm. like and really falling into that trend of like not having heavily illustrated covers and kind of just handing the whole thing to a graphic designer. Yeah. Again, a lot of kind of corporate feeling decisions made with this cover yeah this is definitely this is definitely clip art rather than a uh as you know someone went out with a with a camera and took a picture of the london underground or something mm-hmm. yeah uh, if you are uh, doing a google image search for hide me among the graves uh, uh i i will suggest just looking at the spanish language one mm-hmm no, 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 I can't say. Ever since I took French, my Spanish is uh, all messed up. But that uh, they've definitely gone in a different direction here. Ooh, yeah, it's a much more lush, figurative, yeah, uh, and a literal cover like that. <laughs> that tells that looks a lot more like the things that happen in this book. Uh huh. It's much weirder, much more sort of Lovecrafty looking with the disembodied, fanged mouths floating around this woman. Hmm. I would ha- I think I'd have a better idea of what's inside that book, but I don't know if I'd be any more interested in reading it. Mm. Fair. I do like that the, the, the one that we uh, sent along, uh, the sort of nondescript corporate one, does have the uh, a novel uh, <laughs> description on the cover. Uh, yeah. in, in case you thought Hide Me Among the Graves was an instructional book uh, <laughs> of some sort. Or, but, yeah. Self-help. Or, or an actual like nonfiction, yeah. like cold case or something yeah mm. yeah the, the only thing that that hints at the phantasmagorical is the little sort of slants on the end of the uh the um the letter figures yeah the fonts yeah yeah hmm. also i mean well so again if we were just to look at this cover and not know anything about this book uh you know so you know it's by tim powers you're like, okay like it's going to be something about history and something supernatural probably but then to get into the actual text, well, that, that, that first sentence, the felt padded base of the ivory bishop thumped faintly on the marble chessboard. Uh, you know, that's like a nice, uh, like a historical moment. <laughs> like that reminds me of when I used to play chess or mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, this is a, this is a, 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 it's also just a good shorthand for these are some smart people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we're probably going to need to start keeping a list of the number of novels that we read that start with a chessboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are, are these people smart? Well, they play chess. So, yeah. Are they described as wearing glasses? Mm-hmm. Are they described as writing physics formulas on a chalkboard? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they absentmindedly wandering around uh, while muttering to themselves? Or Do they have a pipe clenched between their teeth? <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I do like that this hits very quickly on like, they're not just smart. They're poor and smart. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, like w- w- when I fir- first hit that uh, gas-saving mantle screwed onto the chandelier, uh, like that definitely, well, I don't know. Maybe it's a problem of being British, uh, 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 of taking place in Britain. Uh, but like, <laughs> when, when I hear about a gas-saving mantle, I'm just like, uh, I don't know, like this could be <laughs> any year up to and past World War II in some places. Mm. But... But like it definitely does have so even if it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't open up with like a classic like Britain eighteen ninety something right mm. like 
it lets us settle into the world, but we don't really know what the world is outside of this room. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I would imagine that if these characters are vampires, they probably have a similar uh, Mm -hmm. relationship to the outside world. (laughs) But yeah, nothing on this page indicates vampires. It like hints at it with the, what the curtains being drawn, uh, just kind of the mood it's it's all all these descriptions are have to do with uh with you know an interplay of light and dark and black and white mm-hmm. but I, I i do like the the evocative description of the the like what you can see and what you can't see in the in the dim light mm-hmm. and like the the when 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 papa blinks he blinks owlishly Mm-hmm. Which is like not just a description of him blinking, but also a, you know, of a nighttime a, creature. Exactly, a synecdoche for night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Schenectady or metonymy? I can never remember which one is. Mm-hmm. It's like part for the whole, and then there's related for the whole. I can't remember what. But yeah, when I learned them, they were essentially like just be like, no one remembers which one of these is which. <laughs> <laughs> They're mostly interchangeable. Yeah, because yeah. no one else will remember either. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a, a friend who uh, teaches a programming language and there's, there, there's one function uh, called slice and one function called splice. Hmm. And he's like, I've been doing this for 15 years. I always look it up. Like mm-hmm. it's just impossible to remember. Uh, but yes, sorry. Going back to, to Brandon's point about the, the colors, like I hadn't thought about the, the light and dark, but yeah, the, like the ivory Bishop, the ebony King, uh, where's another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, his black cap. And the, the little black figure. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of the, the, that, that seems like the, the hook mm-hmm. for this page. This is, this page is, is like, don't you want to know what this weird little figure is? Is it yep. cursed? Is it uh, good luck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is like going back to like, it's, it's funny to me that sometimes uh, authors will stick with one sense for a long time. And like, I don't even notice it. Ah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it's like classic writing advice to say, like, use all five senses in a scene or something. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you get people like shoehorning, you know, like he smelled. smelled yeah, he smelled, <laughs> he smelled cheese. Like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Like, yeah, does it does it strike him? Like, does it give it a memory or does it contrast in any way? But like here, Powers is just like, like everything is going to be about color. And it's not mm-hmm. just color. It's all black and white. Right. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. no colors here at all. Yeah. Do you actually have any good description of uh, Christina? No. No, only that she is younger. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I suppose, like, actually, it probably would be good to talk about the poem here because that immediately precedes this. Mm. And I think Kai is, like, specifically there to inform the reader of, like, some tone. Like, you're not coming to this page without having read this poem. Um, so we'll cheat and also touch on the poem. Oh yeah, and that's and this is all about uh, light and dark as well. Yeah, I'm just gonna read it. I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. So I grew half delirious and quite sick, and through the darkness saw strange faces grin of monsters at me. One put forth a fin and touched me clamily. I could not pick a quarrel with it. It began to lick my hand, making meanwhile a piteous din. And shedding human tears. It would begin to near me, then retreat. I heard a quick pulsation of my heart. 
I marked the fight of life and death within me, then sleep through her veil around me. But this thing is true. When I awoke, the sun was at his height, and I wept sadly knowing that one new creature had love for me and other spite. So yeah, this is like creepy, Mm -hmm. but she finds comfort in it, which is interesting. Yeah. And, and also hints at the, you know, the phantasmagorical where the, the first page and the cover (laughs) don't really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But well, uh, so I mean, this poem Mm -hmm. is about a relationship with a bloodsucker, right? Or something like that. A thing. Uh, some kind of gross, dark monster. Mm. <laughs> some sort of dream chimera. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's probably also worth noticing that, or noting that the title for the prologue is 1845 colon The Bedbug. Ah. Hmm. So, there are a few things that go into informing the first page that aren't on the first page. Mm-hmm. Also, I do just want to note, like, the structure of this poem is really weird and interesting. Because, like, after the first two lines, every single line has a caesura. It's broken by punctuation. Hmm. It's like, no no line ends a sentence. The sentences always end where there's a colon or a comma in the middle of the next line. Mm-hmm. Which is why everything is, like, extra short. And sort of carries you kind of hurtling toward the end. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, there is another poem involved on, on the first page. Oh, that's true. Yes. The, when uh, quoting quoting Milton's sonnet. So I I, I looked that up just because you know it's, it's funny like there, there's like the line you know that that the dad says mm. you know and that one talent which is death to hide lodge with me useless and I'm just like wait what what is this going on like what is he quoting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you know helpfully <laughs> I think I think Tim Powers knows that like maybe people need a little help with their 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 non paradise lost Milton mm-hmm. uh, or at least. He knew I would need a, that reference uh, explained. Mm-hmm. But that is an interesting poem itself. Uh, and yeah, again, if it's about like like about going blind and also the, the language that Milton uses in that poem, I went and looked it up. Uh, it, uh, this, this book is making me do a lot of homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and honestly, uh, Referencing this poem on the first page, this is this is too early to put a hyperlink in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is, we're, we're about to read your novel. We don't want to go and read another poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, the, the the language that Milton uses is also about light and dark, and things being hidden mm-hmm. from the light. When I consider how my light is spent, is the title of that one. Mm-hmm. Well, also funny, I, reading the, the Milton poem, which seems to be, uh, like, taken most literally, mm. uh, is about going blind and not being able to write exactly, mm-hmm. uh, and not being able to put uh, his work uh, up for God's approval, uh, or for uh, praise of God, mm. you could say. Or, I mean, to, to say what he says, to to justify the ways of God to man, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is then curious thinking about in terms of, again, coming back to this book, uh, and it, it, maybe it's not on the page exactly, but uh, since we know that this is uh, Christina Rossetti, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, isn't 
spelled out in the first page of text, but since the since the poem is by Christina Rossetti, maybe maybe if you didn't know anything about this book, you could still figure that out. So again, like it's a it's about a, a work. It's about a group of artists, and and I, I wonder if there will be something in here about what their work is good for. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. Do we want to read the uh, the poem for the for the record? No, oh, the Milton. You want to read it, Brayden? Yeah, I can do that. Sonnet 19. When I consider how my light is spent, by John Milton. When I consider how my light is spent, ere half my days in this dark world and wide, and that one talent which is deaf to hide, lodged with me useless, though my soul more bent to serve therewith my Maker and present my true account lest he returning chide, doth God exact day labor, light denied? I fondly ask, but patience, to prevent that murmur, soon replies, God doth not need either man's work or his own gifts. Who best bear his mild yoke, they serve him best. His state is kingly. Thousands at his bidding speed and post o'er land and ocean without rest. They also serve who only stand and wait. Yeah, there actually ends up being a lot of that in this novel, now that I think about it. Standing and waiting? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> for the, sort of for the greater good? Or f- yeah. to, to serve some higher purpose? To serve some terrifying higher purposes. Uh, like, if I remember correctly, and I was ah, okay. trying to quickly Google it, but I think one of the other uh, vampires who is a crucial character in this is and i never know how to say her name bodicea the like mm. very oh, uh Boudica? sure <laughs> the uh the the english uh, warrior queen yeah of the uh iseni <laughs> yes so there's like a lot of like serving more ancient powers and like conniving to mm. get them into positions hmm almost like a chess game Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, if if you were to pick out one character from history who could exemplify the uh, queen on a chessboard yeah. as being the most dangerous uh, actor, mm-hmm. I guess you could you could pick worse than Boudica. Mm-hmm. Although, also, what a what what a, I don't I don't know if this is either a fun trick or more homework for for Tim Powers to write a historical novel in which some characters are uh, immortal vampires from other points of history. Mm. like yeah who else is a vampire (laughs) or even like i don't know if you ever try to like write something uh from the point of view of someone in the 90s you know well okay i'll I'll, I'll put it this way do you guys remember uh uh in college uh Mm. we were role-playing something in the 80s i think and i think you guys were I, i was maybe guesting uh and someone was like oh we'll give them a cell phone and you're like no like this is the 80s you have to remember like Uh like, it was just like always so hard to keep track of like oh yeah like they don't have this or like people in the 80s will have a different relationship to trivia you know like that Mm. nowadays when you can just like look it up and be like oh yeah you know rosetti's right Mm. you know elizabeth siddle married gotcha you know Mm -hmm. like that that, that's the, the time of people having like uh, the encyclopedia at, at, at a bar so you could settle bar bets, you know? <laughs> uh, but yes, like, I don't know. Is, is Boudica a character who is represented much, uh, on the page? That's a good question. 
Uh, she's more of a force mm. to be brought about. Hmm. <laughs> so is it? She, she's kind of not actually corporeal. Um, I think she's slumbering in that way that vampires do. Okay, mm. that's fun. It's been a while, so um, nobody used me for your book report. Actually, general disclaimer, no one use anything you hear on this podcast for your book report. Uh, uh, least of all, the pronunciation of Boudicca. I feel like I've heard more recently yet another pronunciation of that name. If it, if it turns out that the, the B is silent, I'm, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what I'll do. I, I will confess also, uh, while, while, while you have been Googling for facts, Finn, I've been Googling for old-timey diseases. <laughs> like i've already used up like i don't want to say the clap because that's just that's not not mm. classy i need need something else dropsy yeah mm. yeah yeah i do like that's a good one or uh, uh I, I was gonna say what's the oh gosh uh it's a thing that uh people get when they eat gout gout i was gonna say ah. gout except i had a friend who had gout like a few years ago <laughs> and mm. it's just like it is funny though when someone has something like that and you're like are you a like a landlord in a Victorian yeah. novel? Like, what's going on here? Um, Scurvy. <laughs> uh, um, sorry. Getting back to the text. Mm-hmm. What does this book teach us? What does this page teach us about writing? Well, actually, here. Did you guys like this page? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad it's start. In, it's intriguing. It's uh, quiet. Uh, I'd like to read a few more pages of this uh it 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 doesn't quite interest me as much as knowing some of the later stuff like knowing that there are mm-hmm. you know historical persons who are vampires involved in this that no knowing that i i'd, I'd love to to read this mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of a slow start but i'm a sucker for a creepy little statue mm-hmm so, like, there's just enough weirdness on this page that I'm like, okay, that'll carry me for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. F- for me, and I also like this this page, mm. there was something about, uh, like, it It felt very, uh, there were things that I totally missed on first reading it, like the interplay of light and dark uh, as being sort of a, the, the major uh, uh, sensation here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the relationship between the dad like the sighing, like, yeah, I was know. just going to get into that. <laughs> like when, when, you know, he says like, you know, nothing, you know, nothing does, do, not that it does me any good anymore. Nothing does, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, she's like wanting to head off yet another melodramatic elaboration along the lines of mm-hmm. nothing does. Christina quickly asked, and you get the sense that like, she has to be older than her age yeah, to like, take care of her dad who says things like, I thought it might keep us healthy and prosperous, not not destitute and losing my sight, you know. Um, and yet, I'm not totally on her side, which I think is an interesting... Like, I, I definitely think, again, with, like, there being no description of her, that, like, this is kind of from her point of view, in a way. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hear more about what her thoughts are than about his thoughts. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely doing sort of, like, a close third uh, on her. Um, but... I don't know. Like, I, I'm curious to see what their relationship is. Like, she seems like she might be like handling him in a way. Uh, but I also do authentically feel some pity for this, this, you know, poor sap. Yeah. It's like, he lays out a very interesting relation on this page 
this isn't when you get into the details, this isn't a pairing of characters that you necessarily see that much. Like it's a father and daughter who have a competitive intellectual relationship and they're artistic and intellectual and they're poor and they're immigrants Mm -hmm. and they're in like gaslit England. So it's like, it's an interesting pair to start on. Yeah. I'd love to know how these characters get by with those uh, hurdles. Mm. And then also there's something sinister in the background. (laughs) Yeah. A stumpy little stone man Mm -hmm. or yeah. I just, I just keep picturing that little figurine of Pazuzu. Or which? Uh, the, uh, Pazuzu, the, the little, the, the demon character from uh, The Exorcist. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yes. I, I, uh, I keep picturing the, um, uh, you, you, you know it if you see it. It's the, the Venus. The, it's from Germany somewhere. So it's... The Venus of Willendorf? Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, I have the croup. Which is no, that's not that's not that's a it's a baby's thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great if I'm like not only do I have old timey diseases, but I have like old timey diseases for babies. Uh, oh, Ben's colicky. <laughs> I have thrush. It's actually I don't know. Is thrush a baby thing? I don't know. Um, it's a bird thing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great to be like. Oh, sorry guys, I have sparrows. Uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm like a character from that movie, The Cell. Or, no, not The Cell, The Fall. Uh, Tarsum Singh's other movie with crazy visuals uh, where, like, someone has a hole in their chest and a bird flies out. Whoa. Have you, have you guys not seen this movie? No. Uh, nope. I don't think Apparently it's a, not. I don't think it's a good movie, but I think, I think you might enjoy parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I'm way off, uh, way off the material here. Hmm. Uh... But I actually, I'm not sure that I have much more to say, but I'd happily listen while I slowly devolve over here. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the way that I read books, I am basically always kind of either filming it or laying out a comic page. Mm-hmm. So that mm. so that might be why, why I picked up on the on the, the light and dark stuff, because because mm-hmm. that's because that raises interesting questions for what it's telling you is there, but you can't see. Mm-hmm. Yep, and also I always cast everybody. Mm-hmm. So of course, the girl playing chess was uh, uh, Anna Taylor Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Anya Taylor Joy. You know her, the uh, the, the, uh, the Vavitch. I, th- I think it's it's pronounced uh, Boudica Taylor Joy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I can't even remember who I'm trying to remember. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I'm curious, like not. Not that this keeps with any of the structure of this uh, podcast, but like, if you want to read this book and come back on and tell us hmm. uh, what you thought of it, especially like as someone who uh, is a working artist, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I've been kind of curious. Like, it's always funny. Like, I was thinking the other day about like how great it would have been to live in the 1940s and like make a living writing short stories mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. pulp magazines, uh, and then I remembered that like. Like these people like broke their hands in typewriters, turning out like a story a day in like every, any genre that, that paid versus me where I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Do I want glitter or like, what's like, what's the word, you know, for this one sentence? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if, 
uh, Braden, you'll read this and be like, oh man, it'd be great to be a pre-Raphaelite. I mean, except for all the dying at, you know, 30 and mm. stuff. <laughs> right. all, the, all the laudanum. Uh, all the impending war on the continent. Yeah. And the vampires. And the vampires. Always the vampires. Oh yes, sorry. Just just to get this down, Elizabeth Siddle uh, died at age 32. Yeah. No. There's something where, like, maybe she, at one point she caught pneumonia, maybe, uh, while uh, lying in a, a cold tub to model for a painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I think I knew that. I think I've heard, I didn't remember who that was, but, yeah. And Dante Gabriel Rossetti died 53. Mm-hmm. I mean, being around paints is not necessarily good for your <laughs> health either. Yeah, yeah. Are, are things better now, or are you... Can you, can you only work in the open air? Uh, oh, the the stuff that they make paints out of is slightly better, but not that much. And and the the thinners and the well, not so much the oils, but yeah, hmm. we're, we're working in oils has has I, I I could never get into it. it. It's just too long to mix the right color mm-hmm. and very expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. That's why I color digitally. Yes, <laughs> and why I, why I rarely uh, even think about writing historical fiction because, mm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, just the research. Uh, mm. Anyway, uh, on that note, does anyone have any final thoughts on this book? Kind of tempted to reread it, actually. Yeah, a lot of weird shit in there, and I kind of want to go look at it. Yeah, I'm suitably intrigued. I'd uh, love to give this a try. I mean, I, I don't want to say that we should do a. A spin-off podcast where we just read Tim Powers' works, uh, but we could. <laughs> we could, and then we could also base some role-playing scenarios on them. I'm sure, because mm. they're all a little, uh, well, they're all interesting. Yeah, they actually yeah. would be pretty, pretty solid. Just have a, just make a game out of each one. Like <laughs> I think that is a very tenable prospect. If one were to want to put a whole bunch of time and effort into a thing that would probably not make any money. Right, right, right. So uh, uh, besides pitching our upcoming Tim Powers series of mini games on itch.io, Braden, where can the people find you? Uh, They can find me on Twitter at Braden Lamb. My art is there, and it's also on my shared Instagram with my wife at Shelly and Braden, Shelly with an I. And the word and, not an ampersand. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Finn LeBate, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at mrreciprocity.itch.io, and you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at thechimera.space or on Twitter at ChimeraPod or on your podcast app of choice. And I've been your other host, Ben Blatberg. You can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com and we'll meet you back here next week. Weather permitting.